When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Alien UFO podcast, episode 102. And I'm your host, Simon Bowne. My mission here at the Alien UFO podcast is to investigate all things that are part of the wider UFO phenomena. I'm looking at UFO sightings, alien abduction, historic cases and other related events. And every Thursday I release new episodes that are called UFO Encounters, so please check them out. And if you want to hear the extended version of this interview, you'll need to join the Patreon campaign, where there are now more than 100 episodes in the back catalogue. For $5 a month, you get an extended episode every week. And for $2 a month, you get an extended episode every month. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe. This week, I'm talking to Preston Dennett about his book, The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. Preston began investigating UFOs in the paranormal in 1986 when he discovered that his family, friends and co-workers were having dramatic unexplained encounters. Since then, he has interviewed hundreds of witnesses and investigated a wide variety of paranormal phenomena. He is a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, a ghost hunter, a paranormal researcher, and the author of 30 books and more than 100 articles on UFOs and the paranormal. Hi Preston, thanks a lot for coming back to the podcast. Hey, my pleasure, Simon. Thank you. So we'll talk about your book. It's called The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. It's a really long book, isn't it? It's over 500 pages and there's so many accounts. But this thing of healing by UFOs or by ETs, it seems to be really quite unknown amongst uh, even the UFO experts. Yeah, well, certainly was back when I first started covering the subject. It was actually sort of my first book was uh, UFO Healings. And I got so many cases, I ended up re-releasing it. The first book had 100 cases. And back then, this wasn't well known. But I've since collected about 300 cases. So it's gotten a lot more attention since then. And I can tell you, Simon, that most researchers do have cases like this. Uh, John Mack certainly has cases. David Jacobs. Bud Hopkins, he's very well known, never wrote about it, but I confronted him at a convention and asked him. He said, oh, yes, I do have cases like these. But Barbara Lamb, Yvonne Smith, Timothy Good, Philip Mantle, uh, 
Edith Fiore, Ray Hernandez, Tim Beckley, Brad Steiger. I could go down the list. Most major researchers certainly have cases like these. So in your book, what is the earliest case? Is there one going like a couple of hundred years back or is it decades back? Oh, yeah. They've reached back a hundred years or so. So quite some, quite a ways back. And those really early cases don't have a whole lot of information. Uh, and some are, you know, I'm not sure how well researched they would be. But I found cases that stretch quite far back for sure. Um, gosh, what was the earliest one? Let me think for a second. I think there was one case all the way back to 1914, actually. And this was in Scotland. I'm not sure I can pronounce the town correctly. It's Inverary. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, this is a somewhat brief case, but this young boy was riding his tricycle near his home and crashed, and he believes broke his arm and was lying there crying. He says, suddenly, this little man, about two and a half feet tall, showed up and somehow healed him. And the boy asked, who are you? And the figure said he was a gnome. So perhaps this wasn't an ET as we would think of it. There are certainly a lot of reports of fairies and gnomes and dwarves and such. Uh, but apparently he was healed. This was, was investigated apparently by William Michael Mott and was reported in a few books. But that is one of the earliest cases I found. And it, it seems that years ago, decades ago, there were people researching UFOs. And when somebody mentioned the UFO occupants, they were like, oh, no, 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 we don't want to know about that. We're just looking at the nuts and bolts of it. Did it become a thing then when they started looking at the occupants? People were saying, oh, and there's been some healing happening. And then they respond there and say, oh, no, no, don't mention the, the healing and all that stuff. We're just trying to find out the basics. Yeah, and I think this is one of the real problems with the field in general, uh, because this is a field that's been covered up and ridiculed and not treated seriously. When you get to the healing accounts, this is sort of the fringe of the fringe. For this reason, a lot of cases, I think, were never covered at all. And if they were covered, really got you know short treatment. Uh, and it's taken a long, long time for this to get any serious research to it. In fact, I was shocked because I came into this field relatively, you know, uh, as a newcomer. Uh, this, this field had been studied for decades, long before I got into it in the late 1980s. And I ended up writing the first book on healing cases, which really shocked me. <laughs> there had been a few articles written, but most of these cases were spread out in the literature. Very difficult to find. Uh, and now there's been quite a bit more attention paid to it. I know MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, finally did a study of physiological effects and found that about 10% of the cases involved what appear to be healings. And I think it's probably more than that. My own research points more towards 20 to 30%. So Edith Fiore, who was the first person with a PhD, to write a book on onboard encounters and direct contact, she said that fully half, 50% of the people she interviewed had experienced healings. And that is what the free organization found, the free being a large organization 
co-founded by Ray Hernandez, they found about 50% after surveying thousands of people who had UFO experiences. So it's clearly more common, I think, than most people realize. And did you mention in the book there was a group that had a survey about uh, physical encounters with ETs? And they had all this stuff about the negative things that happened to their bodies, but there were no questions about anything positive that might have happened. Um, well, John Shustler, who was the head of MUFON, did write a book about physiological effects and did outline some injuries. And I looked into the injury cases, and it was pretty interesting because they're not as common. Most of them are, I'm not sure I would call them necessarily injuries, because I mean, people were talking about being temporarily paralyzed, uh, which is not certainly an injury. It's a physiological effect, yes. Uh, I would say the most common, quote, injury would be eye irritation of some kind, light sensitivity. That is fairly common. And there are some cases where people have received burns and things like this. Generally, it's people who've come too close to a landed craft or something along those lines. And often they appear to be accidental, which is interestingly easily differentiated from the many healing cases, which in most cases appear to be intentional. So, yeah, I did cover some of the physical effects. It's interesting because the MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, they have a handbook for investigators. And of course, I got that very early on and studied it so I could pass the field investigators test. And there's a section called medical injuries from UFOs, but they don't even mention healings. So this is, again, that problem we're dealing with, with prejudice or discrimination within the UFO field. And, you know, just pointing towards that. I don't know if you know this, but it shocked me when I heard it. In the beginning, as you mentioned, people were very interested in just proving this is a nuts and bolts phenomena. Well, researchers actually ignored or threw away any accounts involving humanoids, did not want to look into them. And it took a while for that aspect to be taken seriously. And the same for crash retrievals. So this just goes to show you how you can't be too careful when it comes to investigating. You have to look at all the evidence that is there and take it as a whole. And I think the healings are far more common and really important and have a lot more to say about this phenomena than the injury cases. In the book, you say that doing research for this has been an awesome task and that it radically changed your belief about UFOs. So how did it change it? What did you think about it, UFOs before and how did you think about them afterwards? Yeah, well, initially, I thought of UFOs as hoaxes, hallucinations and misperceptions. <laughs> I did not believe in them. I came into this field as a complete skeptic and was absolutely shocked to find out that this was absolutely real. Having known people who had encounters, people within my family, friends and coworkers, uh, I knew they weren't lying to me and clear they weren't misperceiving that this was real. And I still kind of bought into the fear-based narrative that was being put forth by the media, by many researchers. And I think by our governments, or secret governments, if you will, that this was a nefarious phenomena, that ETs were here to basically experiment on people, take them against their will, pull them on board a craft, and do all sorts of horrid things to them. 
And as I started really diving into my own cases, I pretty much started to realize that that was just not the case. Yes, I will admit there's a lot of fear surrounding contact. That's, there's no doubt about that. A lot of people are quite frightened when they have an encounter. But as I really started interviewing people who'd been taken on board, who met ETs face-to-face, I quickly came to realize that this was not being portrayed accurately. And when I got my first healing case, I was very intrigued by it. It was one of the first cases I got. And I thought, huh, am I looking at this the wrong way? And just kind of stepping back and objectively looking at the facts and not overlaying my own belief system on it, I really got a different view and realized that, in fact, one of the major ET agendas, goals, one of their main missions is healing. And this is not my opinion. This is based on actual firsthand accounts, which are very consistent in what people report. So I started to look not UFOs, not as sort of torture chambers <laughs> as they were kind of being portrayed, but more like hospitals or healing centers, floating hospitals is kind of because there is a very strong medical theme that runs through onboard experiences. One of the most common things people will report if they're taken on board is being medically examined. And this is often when they are healed. So yeah, I kind of did a 180 degree turnaround. Started to realize, wow, these healing cases are a lot more common than I thought. In fact, real quick, when I got my first healing case, I was planning on writing an article. I hadn't written any books at this point. I'd been a researcher for about 10 years written 30 articles, and got this healing case. And I remembered instantly some of the other cases in the literature that were quite well known. Police officers who were healed of a flesh wound, a doctor in France who was healed of a paralysis and an axe wound on his foot, a customs official in Peru who was healed of rheumatism and nearsightedness, and a few others. And I thought this would make a great article. And I did a scan of the literature. And somehow I had overlooked the fact that there was a lot of cases. I found 30 or 40 in just a quick preview of the literature. And that's when I dived in and found over 100 articles, or cases rather, and realized, you know what? This, would, this should be a book. But I certainly can't cover all these cases in one article. And there's a quote in the book from an abductee where they say, I don't know whether I should be grateful as getting a present, or maybe it's just equipment maintenance. It's like the ETs are healing people because humans are their equipment. Is that what he means? Yes, that's a quote from one of the witnesses from Dr. David Jacobs, who I will say does take quite a dim view of the whole contact phenomena, a negative viewpoint. And actually has a few quotes where he says people have never been healed and then completely contradicts himself and starts listing healings of someone cured of diphtheria and pneumonia and cancer and so forth. But it's absolutely true that not everyone who's had this experience feels it's all, you know, puppies and rainbows. Uh, they feel a sense of violation, like they didn't completely agree to all of this and have a lot of fear and 
feel like they're just being taken care of because they are important to the ETs in some respect. I will say that's a minority for sure. The vast majority of people I've interviewed, certainly the cases I've collected, don't feel that way. I would say it's closer to 80 90% who feel it was a positive experience and they are grateful and feel like the ETs are friends or even family in some cases. But, but yeah, not everyone who is healed is happy about it. There was one lady who was healed of gallstones, who was going to have to have her gallbladder removed because they really couldn't do it any other way and had an experience where her gallstones were removed. And she was not happy about it because she says she didn't know who did it and how they got into her house. And all of these things um, really kind of upset her. Another lady was cured of cancer. And she says, well, I am grateful for the healing. I'm not so sure I like these guys running around in my house at night. And I get that. You know, it can be disconcerting. But again, most people feel like this is a positive experience for them. And many feel it was completely altruistic. There's no you know, motive behind it in terms of you know, being used or something. Can we go over these typical scenarios that you have in the book? Because you say there are three. So if we go through each one of them. The first one is you say that a person wakes up in their bedroom and sees aliens at the foot of the bed. So is this where the ETs would do the healing in the bedroom? Um, I sort of wanted to do a statistical analysis and kind of try to figure out if we can look at this in a way that's understandable and break it down. And I found that there are three sort of methods that they use. They will sometimes come right into your home. Basically, a house call is, I think, the best way of looking at it. And uh, will heal you often right there in your bedroom. But certainly that's not the only uh I'd say, typical case. Or another would be people driving along or walking outside their home, and a UFO will hover over them and often send down a beam of light. Not always, but often. And they are healed. Um, another would be people taken directly on board a craft. And this is particularly true for people who are suffering from more serious conditions like cancer. Most of the cancer cases of healings were done on board with operations as we would think of it. So the ETs will often use instruments that are well beyond our own and interestingly often involve light of some kind. Many of the healings do seem to be enacted with the use of the electromagnetic spectrum in some way. So those are the three sort of main scenarios. But I have to tell you, there's one other that really surprised me. And it's about 10% of the cases take place. Get this. This is shocking. Yeah. Inside a hospital, you know, where, of course, it's very crowded with doctors and nurses and patients and visitors. But it kept coming up. In the first book, it was about 10%, uh, 10 cases or so. But when I put up, out the next book, there was closer to 30. So it stayed pretty consistent in terms of statistics. 
but a lot of cases of people who were healed in their room, in their hospital room. But which, you know, probably to a skeptic might sound surprising, but to a researcher, I think we've learned long ago that an encounter can happen anywhere, anytime, even in places you would least expect. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And with that, I think you say that while they're alone, there's some strange doctor that comes in and does something. Yeah, yeah. A typical case would be Fred White of Durham, England, who was suffering from a hole in his heart and had been fully imaged and, you know, examined. He was suffering a lot of pain, chest pain, difficulty breathing, shortness of breath, and was scheduled for an operation. And that's when he says a doctor walked into his room, who was mostly human looking. I mean, looked like a normal person for the most part, but did have a very pale complexion, quite unusual eyes, which were curved up around the side of the head a little bit, was not wearing completely normal clothes in terms of a doctor's smock, and had this instrument on his arm, which kind of looked like a watch, but clearly wasn't because it didn't have a clock face. And this figure walks in and says, we are here to heal you. We are very interested in your works in electronics. Fred was an electronics inventor. And apparently this is one of the reasons people are healed. We can get into that later because I've looked into who's being healed and why. But this figure sort of passed his hands over Fred's torso back and forth. And instantly, he started to feel less pain, could breathe better. The pain went away. And this figure walked out through the front door. And shortly later, the doctors came in and were ready to wheel him off to surgery. It's very interesting. A lot of these healings will happen on the day before a person's going to the hospital or, again, even in the hospital itself. And Fred told the doctors, you know, I'm feeling much better <laughs> I don't think I need surgery. Who was that doctor? And they said, of course, what doctor? There is no doctor by that description. What are you talking about? And he insisted on having his chest imaged again, which the doctors were really reluctant to do. But given that he felt so much better, they agreed and couldn't believe it. There was no abnormalities now in his heart whatsoever. So that is a typical case, but there's quite a few like that. Yeah, I was going to ask about this, about how many of the cases have there been where there are medical records that show the problem, and after the ETs are healed it, the doctors are saying, I, I just don't understand. Yeah, not as many as I would like, I will say, but there's a good portion of them. Probably one of the best verified involves a lady who was healed of Chagas disease. And the researchers, gosh, I forget their names, but they really were dug into investigating this case and got all the medical records. 
uh, and it's very well verified. Um, so they it involved a, a lady who was a maid. This was in Brazil back in the late 1960s. And she was expected to die of this disease. It's caused by the triatamine beetle. And it causes fever and headaches and inflammation and severe damage to the heart muscle. And if left untreated, is often fatal. And it turned out the lady who had this disease, her family had all contracted it and passed away. But this was researched actually by, uh, gosh, Alfred Ochoa, who was in the Brazilian army and became a very well-known researcher. And what was present, actually, when the healing took place, he communicated with the ETs and actually asked for a healing for this lady. And it happened. A bunch of people actually observed it from a short distance as this UFO showed up and ETs came out and Bernadette, the lady was healed, walked forward and she was healed. That's a very well verified case. Uh, the first case I worked on, the lady had her before and after x-rays of a tumor. She had a tumor in her fallopian tubes and was causing her all kinds of problems. But the night before surgery, she was visited by greys. She doesn't really remember a whole lot, but she knew they had come. And she thought, this is odd. It's the night before surgery. What does this mean? And went to the hospital for surgery. And the doctors were quite upset because they did imaging, which they always do right before surgery, and couldn't find the cyst. And they said, you've had surgery. You went to another hospital. Why would you do that? What hospital did you go to? And they had all these questions, which she, of course, denied. <laughs> denied, said she doesn't know what you're talking about. Didn't go to any hospital. Didn't want to tell the doctors. But uh, they said, we know you've had surgery because there's fluid present here in your fallopian tubes that could only be present after having surgery. So that's another very well-verified case. One guy I did talk to, Jim Schaefer of Canada, was suffering from cancer in the lymph nodes of his neck. And he had been very forward with his doctors about his contact. Sometimes he'd return with marks on his body once he woke up with very bad eye irritation. And they said, it looks like you've been exposed to a welder's arc, which he, of course, denied. <laughs> But he had developed cancer later in life and had this experience where an orb kind of entered into his body. He was having lots of contact, but woke up the next morning and his cancer was gone. He was scheduled for surgery the next week. And he had a very large, visible, bone-hard tumor extruding on his neck. And went to the doctors because, you know, the tumor was gone. <laughs> And they were absolutely astonished. They knew about his contacts. They said, we're going to do surgery anyway because there's some necrotic tissue, but we're not seeing any cancer. We'll let you know if we find any. And they proceeded with the operation and didn't find any cancer. Did, you know, clean him up a little bit in terms of the necrotic tissue, but wrote in his medical records, miraculous, spontaneous healing. They didn't say ETs did it because of of course, as medical professionals, they weren't there. They can't say for sure. Uh, and I expect a lot of these healings aren't recorded for that reason. 
will be put down as a spontaneous remission, which is a very well-known medical thing. You can there's it's many doctors report this sort of thing, unexplained spontaneous remission. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there are many cases which are quite well verified. Have you come across where ETs will ask for permission, like they they see somebody's got cancer and they say, "Do you want us to help you with this?" or they just do it. There are a few cases. Um, one guy had very bad eyesight, and the ET said, "Would you like us to heal it?" And he said, "No." I think that's a unique case. In most cases, they will come down to your house or pull you on board or what have you, and just say, "Well, you know, you've got this condition, and we will repair it." There was one guy in Florida, Jim Law of Gainesville, Florida, who was suffering from a hernia. Was quite nervous about surgery. The ETs showed up, and he wasn't particularly happy about having contact. It was quite frightening for him. But by this point, he'd kind of gotten used to it. <laughs> so these little grays showed up, and he's like, "What? Well, uh, if you're going to take me, why won't you heal me of this hernia? And they said, we know of this condition that you speak of, and we will repair it, and used a small handheld instrument and quickly fixed him. Uh, this was, again, very well verified. And he was absolutely amazed. And he said, why are you contacting me? Why are you so interested in contacting me? And they gave a very interesting answer, certainly interesting to me and him, he said. They said, and I, this is pretty much a direct quote, we are interested in your genetic potential to live a long time. And he found that interesting because his grandfather was 106 years old and still quite healthy. He had a lot of longevity in his family. And I found it interesting because I certainly see that among contactees who enjoy incredible health and are given what I would call health upgrades and might not even be sick, but are taken on board and have a lot more energy and even made more intelligent or stronger in some cases. And people have had their IQ tested and it went up many points. One guy was a bicycle racer. He was taken on board. He didn't have any problems with his health, but afterwards he started winning all his races. He says, I don't know what the ETs did, but they did something. So there are cases of people who have asked for healings and received them, um, quite a few actually, not as much as I would like. Usually it's on their terms. Uh, most of the healings do take place to people who've had a history of contact, at least 50%, as far as I could determine. But yeah, most people don't, they don't really ask necessarily. <laughs> they just do it. But some people do ask, and that. They've gotten healings. And I think there's a quote in the book from Bud Hopkins where he says, I have some abductees who have serious medical problems who wish they were being healed, but they're not. So it goes back to that thing you mentioned earlier about who's being healed and why. Exactly. And he found it quite baffling, though encouraging. Um, and, you know, I've run across that myself. People are healed of one condition and are suffering from another, which the ETs don't heal. And one case I did investigate personally involved a lady who was in a car accident in Georgia and was very badly injured. I mean, she ended up spending months in the hospital learning how to walk 
all over again. Uh, she was taken on board and the ETs told her that she had actually been killed in this accident and she was not supposed to be. And they healed her of all these scars on her face and all these different you know, injuries she had, but said, we aren't able to heal some of your injuries because they're karmic. And you are meant to learn from these. So that could be one of the reasons why some injuries are healed and others aren't. Hard to say for sure. There was one guy who had was in a war time accident. Uh, well, not accident, really. He was in a war and uh, had his leg pretty much shattered. And the ETs pulled him on board and weren't able to save his leg. They said it was too badly injured. But they did heal him up right there on the scene, which absolutely astonished the doctors. So. There is some indication that their healing abilities are limited to a certain degree. Uh, but yeah, it's a curious thing. And speaking to who is healed and why, that's something I really dug into. Because when I wrote the first book, it wasn't apparent to me. It was evenly divided between men and women. I had cases involving really young children, um, people who were quite elderly. And, you know, people say, well, maybe the ETs are doing it for their own purposes. Why would they heal someone who's elderly and really, you know, not working with them directly? Uh, but they do. And I found people of all blood types, all ancestries, all over the world. Didn't matter, you know, what education you had or political affiliation or religion or blood type or, again, ancestry. But I finally, you know, having collected a big database, and really looking into it, I had an aha moment. I realized early on that, yes, a lot of people who are healed do have a history of contact. So that is certainly a pattern. Another pattern I found is that people who are having contact in general and being healed um, are profoundly psychic in some way or are woken up by their encounters in the, you know, having a sort of mini enlightenment or a psychic awakening. That wasn't really satisfying to me. It still left a lot of questions. But then I interviewed this lady from Norway she, who contacted me because she found out about my research into healing. And she denied any history of contact, which didn't fit the pattern. You know, most people who have, are being healed have regular contact and it starts at early childhood. She said, no, I've never had an encounter. She said that ETs came into her bedroom and flipped her around like a rag doll. That it was quite frightening. They were little greys and pressed this instrument against her back, this sort of cylindrical handheld instrument, which I've heard and certainly read about other people describing, and healed her of chronic back pain. She had a very bad injury. And so I just got all the details I could. It was a very brief case. She asked them, what are you doing? Who are you? What's going on? They didn't say a word. Not that she could perceive. She wasn't a lot of fear. So she may have blocked any communication. But they just filed out and off they went. And her back was healed. So I'm asking her all these questions, trying to figure out why. And finally, I said, what do you do for a living? She says, well, actually, I'm retired. You know, I used to be a graphics artist. But now I'm very active in my community doing animal and human rights. 
And that rang a bell for me because I had just interviewed a gentleman by the name of Michael Carter, who is also a social worker fighting against racism, had been awarded by President Clinton, actually. And he was healed of a blood clot in his leg. And I instantly thought of another case, John Hunter Gray, who was a very active and award-winning social worker. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, Betty Hill, the famous Betty and Barney Hill, she was a social worker. And all these cases are running through my mind. I'm like, wow, there are a lot of doctors who are being healed, nurses, teachers, writers, artists, musicians, social workers, environmentalists, animal rights activists. So I started to realize the people who are doing good work for humanity in some capacity are the ones who are being healed. And there was a case that spoke directly to that. A couple I'd interviewed from Hawaii were on vacation in Sedona, Arizona. And they said, we weren't abducted. They don't like that word. Most of the people I interviewed don't like that word. It's not accurate. They said, actually, we were invited on board. It was a very pleasant experience. And the ETs they saw were largely human-like, probably hybrids, because they did have large, dark eyes, bald heads. Uh, were all very much identical looking. And he was healed of carpal tunnel syndrome and a bad knee. And they asked him, well, why don't you just come down and heal everyone? You know, why don't you come down? We have so many problems here on earth. And they said, we can't do that. Um, it's up to you to solve your own problems. But we are helping those who help others. And, I, you know, having interviewed them, she was an herbal healer in her community, and he was a social worker. So there was that pattern. And that's what I see very often. So ETs are helping those who help others. They're intervening to the extent that they can without just coming down and fixing everything, because these are our problems. We wouldn't learn anything if they, you know, as any parent knows, your child has to learn the lessons the hard way. And that's what they're doing. They're helping us to the extent they can. In the book, you say there are at least a dozen cases on record where the people, they were given medicine by the aliens and not healed on the spot. Yes, that is quite unusual. Um, as I said, most healings are done by light in some way, a handheld instrument perhaps, or they're pulled on board and given a standard type surgery. There's a number of cases where people are basically healed with what I would call psychic methods, hands-on. Well, the ETs will lay their hands or project light out at them and heal them that way. But there's a small minority of cases involving medicine of some kind. Uh, there was one girl who was cured of stomach cancer in front of her whole family. A UFO landed in the backyard. These little guys came out and walked up to her at her bedside and conducted stomach surgery. This is one of the, a very early case, one of the first published actually, and was pretty well verified. However, at, following the surgery, they gave the father the, this little sort of spherical object, which had these tiny little pills in it. And they said, it's very important you give her one of these each day. And she will be just fine, which, of course, he did. 
And it's unfortunate. I wish they had saved at least one of these pills for analysis, but they did not. However, there is a case from Wendell Stevens, a pretty respected researcher, I think, certainly a pioneering researcher in this field, who investigated a case involving a young boy who had a cerebral aneurysm and was not expected to recover. He was being treated in the hospital, but as it turned out, the hospital doorman was a contactee, was pretty well known in the community, respected, and very outgoing with his contacts, had told everyone. Uh, so the doctors asked him to ask the ETs if they could help with this boy. And he says, I don't know, but I will certainly ask them during my next contact. And he did. And they gave him some medicine. They said, just apply this to the child's skin and rub it in and this will heal him. And that's what they did. And the doctors couldn't believe it. He was cured of this aneurysm. And they were not, I mean, they could not medically explain this. But what's really interesting about this case is they did save a portion of this material, this medicine, for chemical analysis which was quite expensive. And this medicine had the appearance of raw sugar, kind of shards of crystal is what it looked like, which melted at body temperature when rubbed into the skin. It would just melt right into the skin and be absorbed. They saved a portion of it and had it analyzed, and it came back as chemically unique. They could not identify it. So not super helpful, I know, <laughs> but certainly interesting. Yeah. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can we talk about the healing of Deputy Good's finger? Because there was another aspect to that as well with the... Uh, was it with two men posing as reporters? Right. Yeah, that's a really interesting case. This is a very early case. It was one of the first published in the literature. It occurred on September 3rd, 1965 in Damon, Texas, to two police officers, Robert W. Good and Billy McCoy, who were driving along after returning from a high, high school football game. Now, it turned out earlier, Deputy Good had been bitten by his son's baby pet alligator uh, and his finger on his finger. And it was you know, not a serious injury by any means, but certainly quite painful, bandaged up, swollen and throbbing. And they came upon this large sort of football shaped object hovering on the side of the road. It was huge, they said. 
and was sending down this purple beam of light. And as they watched, this beam of light kind of played across the field and struck their cruiser. Now, Deputy Good had his arm hanging out of the window, and he said he could feel the heat from this beam of light. It quite frightened them. They raced away back to a diner to talk about this, and that's when he realized that his finger was no longer bothering them. He pulled off the bandage and said the, the wound was gone. He said you couldn't even tell he had been dead. The swelling was completely gone. The wound was healed instantly by this beam of light. So it was while they were at this diner, and they were approached by these two men posing as reporters from Pasadena, California, <laughs> quite some time you know, quite some distance away. And they were about to describe the sighting to these, quote, reporters. But the reporters told, apparently knew about it uh, for some reason and described it all in detail and basically said if they had not raced away in fear, that object would have landed and they would have been invited on board. So they decided, huh, you know, that's, this was certainly strange. Who are these guys? They returned to the site, and this object was still there. And it started to move towards them. But they became frightened again, <laughs> sped away, and refused to return. But to their credit, they did report it. And it was taken very seriously by the Air Force. In fact, a Major L.R. Leach from Ellington Air Force Base conducted an official investigation. And we're not able to, you know, debunk this. Turns out that Officer McCoy held a departmental position and supervised more than 40 different people. So these are really good witnesses. In fact, you can go online and still find their audible interview. It's a great case with some really weird elements to it. Yes, yeah, so those two guys that were posing as reporters, how did they know? that stuff. It's almost like a man in black case. Yeah, that was kind of one of my theories. Are they men in black or could they have been the actual ETs? <laughs> I mean, that did cross my mind. <laughs> uh, how would they know that? And why would they say something like that? It's not your typical men in black, which are more negative and usually tell people, you know, don't talk about this uh, and will threaten people. So they don't sound like typical men in black. And they don't sound like government agents either. Because you know, Why would they say you would be taken on board? Yeah. That makes no sense. Um, so I wonder if they were the ETs. But again, that's wild speculation, which I hate to do, you know, in this field, because you'll just go right down a rabbit hole. But uh, weird. I mean, I, it's, there's so much high strangeness in this field. And that is a good example of it. So do the ETs ever take someone on board and examine them and then just say, you know, you've got a, a condition here. You, you should go and see a doctor. And then they just don't help them. That has happened. Um, it's not super common, but there are a few cases where exactly that has happened. One guy, um, they didn't exactly take him on board, but he was in his bedroom when an ET appeared and, came up and sort of put its hands in his chest. 
And it really alarmed him. <laughs> He's like, what is going on here? It was a pretty brief encounter, but really affected him because he woke up. This was not a dream. And he kept thinking about it. And he thought, gosh, are they trying to tell me something? Maybe I should go to the doctor. And did go to the doctor. And the doctors were absolutely astonished. They could not believe he was still alive. He needed a triple bypass and open heart surgery. And I mean, they said that he had three or four major life-threatening problems. That they were surprised he was still alive. He needed treatment immediately. He would, they wouldn't let him leave the hospital. And he got his treatment. But yeah, there are cases that sort of speak to that. Uh, but generally, if someone is suffering a problem, they'll heal you. And they've told people, you have a problem, we're going to heal you. And they're like, well, I don't know, I'm not sick. And they said, well, you would be. They told one guy, you have a brain tumor. He, he said, I do. <laughs> they said, yes, you do. And you're about to get really sick, but we'll take care of you. Uh, so that does, that comes up a few times, but even that's not super common. People will describe, you know, having some pain or something, and it's not diagnosed. Uh, but more often than not, they are diagnosed by a doctor, and they know about the problem, and the ETs will come and heal them. I mean, there was one lady who was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she prayed to God, to Jesus, to heal her, and was shocked to find herself being taken on board a craft and healed by grays. There was another lady who was suffering from chronic kidney disease, kidney failure. In fact, she went to the doctor and the doctor was horrified. He says, why did you wait so long? You're in total kidney failure. She hadn't been able to go to the bathroom for two or three days. He said, you need to go directly to the emergency room or you will not survive. So she quickly went home to alert her family, said she's not coming into work tomorrow. Please pray for me. She, you know, she made a bunch of calls and fell asleep on her bed, woke up to find herself surrounded by these short little dark-skinned humanoids, not a kind I've ever heard described before, not grays, certainly. And they were sort of massaging her stomach, and she was in and out of consciousness and just couldn't quite get fully awake and woke up the next morning thinking, well, that was strange. <laughs> but immediately went to the bathroom, was able to relieve herself. To her credit, went back to the doctor, who was absolutely baffled, couldn't understand it, said, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Perhaps I did a misdiagnosis. I don't believe I did, but you are fine. So she told everyone, you know, I think angels healed me. I don't know. She didn't want to say ETs, which is what she thought, but she really wasn't certain until about two months later. When she had your classic onboard experience, found herself in a rounded room on a table surrounded by these same figures wearing jumpsuits. And they examined her with this instrument, which I've heard described many times. It's this sort of curved panel that they will put over your torso and it projects a holographic image of your organs, the inside of your body in full living color detail. And they put it over her kidneys and they said, look, here's your kidneys. They look healthy. You, your kidneys are doing really well. And she saw them and they looked fine. 
And they moved it around or adjusted a little bit. And they said, this is your liver. You see all those dark spots on it. And she did. There was all these unhealthy looking dark spots on her liver. And they told her, this was just amazing to me. They said, you need to stop drinking Diet Coke. It's damaging your liver. And it's really bad for you. So they will actually give you dietary advice. <laughs> they did for her. They told one lady, you need to stop eating so much fat. It's not good for you. They told another guy, Jim Sparks, you're eating way too much meat. It's clogging up your digestive system. They told one guy, you need to stop smoking marijuana. This is not the life we had planned for you. And showed him his lungs, actually showed him all this stuff they had pulled out of his lungs. I've got a couple of cases like that. But yeah, they will dispense advice, dietary advice and health advice as well. Yeah, and I, I suppose if, if that happened to you, you'd take a lot more notice of them than your doctor? Or would you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I know I would. Uh, it's amazing because it's pretty rare that people will ask for a healing and get it. But uh, it does come up. And I think if an ET is telling you something <laughs> like that, you pay attention to it. But it sort of amazed me that they would tell someone, you know, this is not the life we had planned for you. I'm like, what? Wait, they're planning people's <laughs> lives. They're really looking into people's lives to that degree. But they are. I mean, they've healed people not only of physical illness, but mental illness. There was one guy, I didn't investigate this case personally, I found it in the literature, who was suffering from suicidal tendencies and was actually planning on ending his life and went out into the California desert with a gun and was planning on ending it all and was at that point actual point when Grays showed up he had a missing time encounter and did not obviously end his life but uh he said his depression lifted i interviewed another guy who was suffering from uh respiratory problems and he said he was coughing up blood and was very depressed and had a close-up encounter was kind of struck by this beam of light and it completely transformed his life. He got out of a bad relationship. He started feeling much better. He said he became much more interested in spirituality and God and started having premonitions and psychic events. I talked to another lady who was very depressed. She had this sort of orb come into her kitchen and dance around her. She said it lifted her depression. A number of cases where people have been healed of what we might define as mental illness or depression. And I wanted to talk to you about another case, which was 1977, Beryl Hendricks, and she had breast cancer. And was it she went into a room and she fell asleep and then her husband found her asleep on the couch? Um, I do remember that case. Yeah, she had a uh, tumor in her breast, I believe. She was a daycare center operator. There's that pattern again. And what's interesting about this case, which I believe comes from Kenneth Ring, who was really a researcher on near-death experiences and OBEs, but found sort of a connection there. And uh, yeah, she had gone into her uh, couch in the living room and fell unconscious, and her husband thought she had actually passed off. But she found herself apparently out of body, she thought, 
and looking out of a window of apparently a spacecraft. They laid her out on some table. She said she saw all these tall, thin figures sending down beams of light on her. She heard a telepathic message that said, you know, the tumor is gone. And uh, that she should listen to what her husband tells her to do. But she found herself zooming back into her body, woke up, was really quite sick. But um, went, you know, actually searched for her uh, tumor and couldn't find it. It was gone, she said. And what's interesting about this case is it has, sounds more like a near-death experience, which it may well have been. But I looked into that. Um, there are quite a few cases of people who've had near-death experiences and come back healed. One lady I interviewed had chronic cancer. She was not expected to survive and actually kind of didn't. <laughs> Had a near-death experience. They thought she was dying, but had this long involved experience with the life review and seeing angels and all of this and came back and became a miracle patient. Her cancer was gone. And if you look into the cases of near-death experiences, there's quite a few of them involving healings. And for that matter, people who've had past life regressions sometimes are healed. And get this, this really amazed me. I looked into cases of lightning strike. Now, lightning is very dangerous. It kills people every year, quite a few people. However, there are a good 50 cases in medical books, in medical journals, very well verified of people struck by lightning and healed. There was a very famous case involving a lady who had multiple sclerosis, Mary Clamser, and she was healed of multiple sclerosis after being struck by lightning. So there's some weird parallels going on here and some what I would call bleed throughs kind of. Clear we don't know a whole lot about how the body heals itself and how electromagnetism or light can affect the body. But I think there's a lot we can learn, certainly from these UFO healing cases towards modern medicine. Well, it's been great talking to you again. Thanks for coming back to the podcast. The book's called The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. And people can get that with your other books on Amazon, can't they? Right, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at bookstores near you. I also have information about that book and all my other books on my website. And I also put out a lot of my research on my YouTube channel for those who aren't inclined to read. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on the show, Simon. This subject in particular, the healing aspect, is so important because so, there's so much fear and confusion surrounding this subject. I don't think it's warranted. I don't think it's accurate. I don't think they're here to take over or hurt people or torture them. I really have no cases of what I would call sadistic behavior. That's not why they're here. Don't buy into the fear. It's not true. So I really appreciate you giving me an opportunity to talk about the healing. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, I'll put links to your book and uh, your website in the show notes. That would be wonderful. And yeah, thanks again for coming on. Hey, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. And that was an interview with Preston Dennett about his book, The Healing Power of UFOs, 300 True Accounts of People Healed by Extraterrestrials. 
And a great way to support the podcast is to sign up to Patreon when you can hear the extended episode. Just go to patreon.com forward slash alien UFO podcast. If you join the $2 a month tier, you get access to an extended episode every month. If you join the $5 a month tier, you'll have access to an extended episode every week. When you sign up, you get access to the episodes in the back catalogue and they are ad-free and released two days before the free versions. And please check out my other podcast. It's called Past Lives Podcast. There are over 290 episodes. On the Past Lives Podcast, I look into evidence of the afterlife, such as near-death experiences, children with past life memories, mediumship, deathbed visions and other phenomena. I also release an extra episode of the Past Lives Podcast every Thursday called Paranormal Stories. My website is pastlifeshypnosis.co.uk and the link is in the show notes. In my work as a clinical hypnotherapist, I take people through past life regression. And when you book a past life regression hypnosis session with me and you've signed up to Patreon, you get a 25% discount. I'm offering a free consultation call which can be booked on my website. My Instagram is the Past Lives Podcast with an underscore between each word. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or via your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out on any episodes. And thanks for listening. Do you ever come across cases where they regenerate something? Because I think there was a, a case of a guy in 1972 in Argentina and he started growing new teeth. Ah, yes. The Ventura Maceres case. That's a really fascinating case. This was in 1972.